This sermon was recorded online during our season of Shelter in Place in Mountain View, California. Today, virtually on this holiday weekend, as we recognize the beginning of ordinary time in the Christian calendar by celebrating the Holy Trinity. The first half of the Christian year, beginning with Advent and ending on Pentecost Sunday, reminds us of God's big story and plan for his people. This annual journey continually forms and renews our understanding of the fullness of who God is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, the Holy Trinity. How fitting that today, the beginning of ordinary time, where we now begin to focus on the life of the church as it grows in the midst of the world, that we pause first, to reflect specifically on the Holy Trinity. The summary of all we have studied the last six months, and more importantly, impresses on us anew the fullness of the triune God we love, worship, and serve. Now, what do we mean when we use the term Trinity or triune God? Our Anglican foundational documents describe the Trinity with these words. There is but one living and true God, everlasting, without body parts or passions, of infinite power, wisdom, and goodness. The maker and preserver of all things, both visible and invisible, and in unity of the Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, power, and eternity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Many religions worship multiple gods, with each different god serving a different purpose. In this way, Christianity is very unique. We believe that there is one God who is so big that he is able to express himself in three distinct forms in perfect unity. One God. It can be a difficult concept to get across clearly. We need the Holy Spirit to even begin to comprehend the enormity of this reality of our God. The Athanasian Creed, which is an early attempt um, to describe the Trinity, um, it took three full pages in the Book of Common Prayer trying to capture the mystery of being one God in three persons. Our more familiar Nicene Creed, which we'll be saying in a little bit, takes up a full page trying to describe the reality of the Trinity. That's how big our God is. Our scripture readings today highlight some of the different aspects of our triune God and begins to describe how they interact with each other and are all necessary as we walk um, with him. Our Old Testament readings, both the song and um, from Exodus, describes God the Father as holy and majestic, mighty, unmovable, and eternal. We're drawn to this majesty and power as Moses was to the burning bush. 
but it is God's holiness that prevents us from drawing near because of our sin and sinful nature. But Jesus tells us in John's gospel that we heard that God the Father loved us too much to keep us separated from him forever. That familiar passage, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus the Christ, who, that whoever chooses to believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus explains to Nicodemus and to us that God's kingdom is right in front of us. To become a part of it, you must be born from above through water and the spirit. Now, Nicodemus didn't really understand what Jesus was talking about um, when he made this statement. It wasn't until after Jesus' death, resurrection, and the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost that understanding began to take place. Water symbolizing the washing away of our sin nature, as we see from John's baptism, as a res- and then as a result, pardon me, and our sins are completely washed away because of Jesus' redeeming work on the cross. And because of this work of Jesus, the Father sends the Spirit to guide us as we receive our new lives. Our spiritual rebirth finds us as full children of God, not just created by God or creations of God, but we become God's sons and daughters. We're adopted into his family as full children and are co-heirs with Christ, as our Romans passage reminded us. The longer I reflect on the Trinity, the more I realize how big a God we serve and how much more in awe of him I really am. As I was preparing this message, I couldn't help but reflect on what it means that our church carries the name Holy Trinity. How is that important and how can it help us move forward as a congregation into our larger community and into the world as it stands now? How can this um, help us share the hope of the gospel? John and Vicki were very intentional and prayerful when they settled on this name, Holy Trinity, as they were preparing to plant this new Anglican church. By naming the church Holy Trinity, we are publicly putting God first, rather than ourselves or even others. Sound familiar? One of those first rules, love the Lord our God with all our heart and our soul and our mind. That first commandment. All ministry to each other and our surrounding community will flow naturally from our deepening relationship with our triune God. Using a more traditional Anglican name helps us communicate to the community around us that we are intentionally about connecting the historic Christian faith to the lives of 21st century people, as we even say on our website. We are stating that God and the church are still relevant in today's world when God comes first 
and we come alongside of what he is doing in our midst. But it's always reminding us that he is first and how big he is. The Anglican liturgy is filled with references to the Trinity. Whether we are doing morning or evening prayer or coming together to celebrate the Eucharist, we frequently proclaim the reality of our three-person God. And we utilize this Trinitarian type of prayers to incorporate the fullness and full power of the God that we worship. We can listen for them, or better yet, you can even look through the Book of Common Prayer that you have at home, and it will help guide your prayers as you remember that dynamic and unending relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Personally, we need to stay faithful to growing deeper in our own relationships with God through personal prayer and study and group study where we can find accountability and challenge as we grow. Our ministry to each other and the community and even the world will overflow out of that deepening relationship with God. And this is all a lot of that deepening relationship we've been reflecting on in our small groups um, this spring and figuring all that out. In closing, I want to share a meditative prayer I came across in my studies on the Trinity from N.T. Wright. It's a short prayer, similar in in ways to the Jesus prayer that Anthony Bloom refers to in his book, Beginning to, Beginning to Pray. Um, but this one is a little bit expanded, and it's trying to incorporate um, more of the Trinity um, and looking at more of who God is. So it's a way that we can, we can pause and just meditate on who that is. So... Um, you can just settle back um, and I'll pray this out loud for us. Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, set up your kingdom in our midst. Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Holy Spirit, breath of the living God, renew me and all the world. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us online in the Sermon Podcast. To find out more about Holy Trinity Silicon Valley, head to www.holytrinitysv.org.